Okay, hello everybody. Um, good morning. Uh, so we're doing another uh, stream here today. We're covering another uh, another film. So we're going to be talking about the film Another Earth, which is like a sort of indie sci-fi film from 2011. Um, and so I'm here today with Pharaoh Hazard as usual. And um, yeah, so how, how's your week been uh, so far? Um, pretty good. I gave my two weeks notice. So that was like the highlight of my week. <laughs> Yeah, so you you're you're gonna like get a new job basically and yeah, have, how long have you how long have you been at the job you're at right now? Ten years. August tenth. Oh. Yeah, that was my ten year anniversary. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and what made you wanna I guess, you know, move on or whatever? I've celebrated ten years and I never yeah. intended to. Um no, yeah. I'm going to another customer service job, but I won't visibly be seeing them my fear is always getting something thrown at me when i work at a working at a restaurant um yeah my manager one of my managers uh worked at a one i won't say our franchise's name just in case um but she worked yeah, at one of yeah she worked at one of massachusetts at, in massachusetts excuse me and got a sandwich thrown at her and every day i go <gasps> to work with that fear that someone will throw something at me or and I, it's just, it weighs on you a lot, verbal abuse. Yeah, so, yeah for sure. Long. For so. sure. Well, um, congratulations. I'm really happy that, you know, you're like, because like you had been talking a lot about like doing multiple interviews and everything, and I'm glad it worked out for you. Me too. I'm, especially in this climate, I was very fortunate that it worked out. Yeah, yeah, totally right. <laughs> Really not the, scary. <laughs> yeah, not the best job market, but you know, there's still opportunities. Yeah, exactly. All right, so um, so yeah, this, this film, Another Earth, sort of like an indie film. Um, it's really interesting. Um, so the film starts off, and there's like uh, another Earth-like planet appears in our atmosphere, and um, you know, there's like a gigantic mystery around why that happened. And it center, centers around this, uh, this woman, um, uh, Rhonda, uh, Rhoda. Yeah. Rhoda. And so she like, she gets accepted into MIT and so she's like really happy. So she goes to a party and she kind of gets drunk. Um, and although I think the drinking isn't exactly why what happens happens. I think it was more of like, I got the impression it was she didn't want to admit she was staring. Like, she's, yeah. there, she's listening to the radio, and mm -hmm. the DJ is kind of like, if you look up in the sky, you can kind of see this blue dot, and which is interesting because, mm -hmm. um, oh, what was his name? He used to call Earth like that little blue dot. Yeah, yeah, Carl Sagan. It, thank mm -hmm. you. Carl Sagan used to mm -hmm. describe it as a little blue dot, so I thought that was yeah. really a cute little throwback to him. But she's looking out the window, absentmindedly, not paying attention to the road. She probably, mm -hmm. she obviously had been drinking, but I just think she didn't want to admit I was staring, basically. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So um, she she gets into an accident. She like hits another another car, and in this car is like this other guy. I think what was his name John. Mm -hmm. Um. And so it's him and his family. So it's him, his wife, and his his like son, and. You know, uh, she runs into them, and they all get severe. They, the the um, the dad ends up in a coma, and the 
the daughter, the son and the, the wife end up dead. And so because of this, so at the time she's like 17. So um, she gets sent to prison for four years and um, she comes out of it and she's like sort of trying to repair her life after that thing happened because that totally derailed her, right? Yeah, it's pretty, she's pretty aimless at the beginning of it, which is yes. understandable, I mean. Yeah, and really a lot of it is just like the trauma of this event. Um, she, you know, I mean, that's, that's pretty terrible. Like getting in any, I don't know if you've ever been in a car accident, but like being in any car accident is bad enough, regardless of like, if you're in an accident and then you like do so much harm to someone else, right? Like that's just gonna, that could definitely ruin your life. So that is like, that's, that trauma is affecting her. Yeah. I was so, rear-ended mm -hmm. once. And it scares yeah. the hell out of me. It doesn't, it happens so quickly. That's the thing too. And you're just like, yeah. what, what just happened to me basically? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I've been in a pretty bad accident. I was in one where I hydroplaned and went into ongoing traffic. That oh was, my God, you hydroplaned? Yeah, I hydroplaned. That terrifies it was, me. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, yeah. What's crazy too is like, you know, it's like, it's like, you know, they, people say like, oh, your life flashes before your eyes, but it really happens. It's like, there's that moment. And it's like two seconds, three seconds where you have no control over your fate, none. And it's just like, well, I'm, I'm in the hands of something beyond me and what happens happens. So fortunately for me, I, I, and I actually hit somebody head on, like, oh yeah, God. yeah. And so fortunately for me, I survived that encounter, but you know, I mean, speaking of the theme of this film, like they're, you know, there could be a world where I'm dead or I was severely injured or anything and or where I just missed the guy. Right. I didn't yeah, hit exactly. somebody. I just drove into the side of the road or whatever. Um, but yeah. But so for her, she's she did this thing. And at first, she doesn't know what happened to them. Right. Yeah. She doesn't know what happened to the people she hit. So then she investigates it and she finds out that she uh, so the 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 wife and the and the son died and the other guy was in a coma for years and he was a composer okay. and but then he woke up from the coma and um you know but that's that's all she knows right yeah and so then she like there's a lot of character stuff so she gets a job as a janitor at a high school she's doing that she's like she does this thing where she tries to like freeze herself. She like tries to commit suicide by freezing herself. Yeah, something Remember like that. that. Kind of, I think that's the first time she goes to his house and she doesn't actually like approach him yet, I think. But she's kind of just so ashamed that she, yeah. doesn't, she doesn't really want to live. Um, yeah. Which is pretty sad. The whole theme of the movie is pretty sad, actually. Yes, um, I'd say so. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think she eventually discovers that he's as, you know, aimless as she is because mm -hmm. part of the coma took some of his memory as well um that's mm -hmm. not why he doesn't know her but he seems pretty aimless too obviously yeah yeah so there there's a point in the film where he she she so she like she goes to the the site of the accident and she sees him and he like kind of lays a, a toy or something for um almost like you know as a as a remembrance 
Um, and then, yeah, she, she goes to his house and then one day she finally has the nerve to try to tell him what happened, but she ends up not being able to say it. So she knocks on the door, he opens the door and, um, you know, he, he's, she, she, instead she says, oh, well, I, I'm, I'll, I'll give you a free cleaning consultation. Right. <laughs> and his house is like a mess. Yeah. As someone who cleaned houses at one point, um, it, it's like that. It's scary. It's, yeah. It's normal for them, but you just walk in you're like, I don't even know if I can move this. Like, am I allowed to move this? Is it here for a reason kind of a thing? So yeah. I, with her reaction is something that I definitely felt. And I was like, I don't even know where I'm going to put my mop bucket. Where am I going to put my yeah. dumpster? <laughs> yeah. And, and for a moment she like, she doesn't know what to do. And she like tr thinks about just running away and leaving. Um, but then she like decides to sort of help him in a way by cleaning. Um, and so then, yeah, she starts cleaning his, his house and then they basically get, do this thing weekly. He, she comes over and tries to clean, um, his house. Um, so one question I have for you is like, at this point, when you see that they're kind of meeting regularly, like, what did you think their relationship was going to turn into? Oh, I definitely thought it was going to be something romantic you know they're yeah. two aimless lost yeah. people she's trying to atone for what she did it's something that i feel like i've seen before yeah. um and it because she already she's already interested in leaving this earth they needed to give her a reason to stay or to want mm -hmm. to stay mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. you know he became that reason for her to want to stay but i don't know even in real life because it is portrayed i feel like appropriately in the movie that what she did isn't he can't ever really forgive her no matter how much she actually atones because yeah. even if his wife and son are alive in that other world that means he's probably alive and well in that other world yeah so like, like how, yeah, how would that work start. right exactly it gives him a new start but i don't know yeah, it does. It doesn't. That's another thing, too. I always think about, like, you know, what what is the just way of resolving issues like that? Like when someone dies or mm -hmm. because the the only real just thing would be to bring the person back. But we can't do that as humans. We can't bring back the dead. Exactly. Yeah. She tries to do that. And the only way she can is like, yeah, you can go to another place. You can go to this other earth where they are alive. You can't maybe you don't know if you can be with them. You know, we don't. Because they say in the, towards the end of the movie, she's watching the TV and that scientist is kind of theorizing, well, yeah. I think once we, we became, once the two Earths became aware of one another, the synchronicity broke. So yes. maybe there's a reality where he died and his wife and son are alive. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like it would be the reverse. You just don't know until you try. Mm -hmm. So I think that's what she's mm -hmm. giving him is the opportunity to at least see. You can yeah, to at least see. Back, so. Yeah. So, and then, yeah, later in the film, they, they make contact with Earth, too, and there's, like, the scene where this woman from SETI contacts herself. That's actually <laughs> from, one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Yeah. From Earth, like, too. Oh, we're, we're getting feedback. Um, but it's not. Yeah, it's I, not. I got chills watching that scene. <laughs> yeah, that was really good. Um, because, yeah, and then, so then she, she, she talks to herself, and herself is just, like, knows everything about her, is an exact copy. And so then now we know like the people on the other earth 
they're exactly like us. They have the same experiences, they have the same history, they have everything that we do. Exactly. Um, and so earlier in the film, there was like, they're running this contest to see who can go to Earth 2. Mm -hmm. um, and Which would totally happen in real life. <laughs> That, that would so happen. Yeah, it's like an essay writing contest. Yep. <laughs> it's like, ever seen the fifth element, like the Flossin's Paradise thing? I've, oh, I haven't seen that in years, honestly. Oh. I, honest. I really, I've always meant to rewatch it because it's. Yeah, I like so that movie. Beloved. Yeah, that, that's that's a movie from my childhood that I I continue to like. Yeah, my brothers anyway, all really love yeah. it, but. Yeah, it's super fun. It's super fun. Oh man, they released a 4K of that. Looks so good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and this, so she, like, at some point she enters, we, you know, again, we know that she's gonna win, right? <laughs> the contest, that's, that's why we, they bring it up. Um, so at some point she's able to write this essay and like talk about herself and she, it's kind of interesting, like the, the way they do the voiceover, like what she wrote, like she talks about, you know, the people that were sent off to the new world from Europe, they were not, you know, the, I forget what she says, but they were not like the, the highest order of society. It was the. No, because they don't, mm -hmm. the highest order of society would never risk their own safety. <laughs> they would always risk somebody else's safety. But yeah. You go exactly. And then we'll come along after maybe. Yeah. exactly. And it's, you know, it's, it's a dangerous journey mm -hmm. that they're taking in the same with <clears throat> whoever's going to try to go to Earth too. Like the spacecraft could blow up. Um, they could get to Earth too, and then you know, it's like it's like a freaking Twilight Zone. It's like they're actually not human; it's some other kind of thing or exactly. something weird. So um, yeah, and so she writes about like, hey, you know, me as a convicted felon, like this is like a perfect situation for me to like to go because I connect with the people who you know went to the new world in the past and blah blah blah. Mm -hmm. So I really like that kind of stuff. I thought that was an interesting perspective. Um, and so then, yeah, later on, like, again, their relationship is brewing and, you know, they get into this conversation about whether or not it's a good idea for, for her to go, for Rhoda to go to Earth 2. And he's like against it. And he's sort of like, you know, we have something, we're building something here and I don't want us to lose that. Um, and then there was a scene I really liked, like, uh, so John brings Rhoda to a concert hall and he like, he plays like the musical saw for her. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, did, did you like that scene? I did. I thought it was really cool. I really liked yeah. the, the sound that came from it. I've never heard that before. Yeah. And it sounds like space would sound like. I know that sounds weird, but it's very alien. Yeah. And it's very otherworldly. Mm -hmm. It's not a harmonic I've heard before. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I, I thought it was really sweet. I thought it was. I thought it was nice because he's already a very vulnerable person. But now he's yeah. like showing her like different sides of himself as well. And it just, you know, further makes her be like, oh, he's so cute and nice. And I really destroyed his life and I really want to like him. Yeah. But, you know, it's a lot of conflicting emotions where she's like, mm -hmm. I really shouldn't be falling in love with this person. It's not a good idea. Um, yeah. And, and it kind of makes her feel like she can fix this thing. <laughs> like that they could really have a, something together where they could, it could work. Yeah. And she could, she could, you know, um, have closure by helping resolve the things that have happened to him. Um, but then in the next scene, we kind of see that, you know, they like, they have sex 
And, but then John like says like, you know, basically he's still vengeful for the person who killed his family and he doesn't know who it is because the person was a minor. Yeah. And he's still looking for the person who was the driver of the car. Um, so that kind of messes Rhoda. Yeah. That shatters the dream a little bit. Mm -hmm. She's like, yeah, he's never, it's never going to happen. Um, so then, so she wins the contest, becomes a celebrity. They, they, um, her family's like kind of freaked out and everything. And they're like, oh, we have to discuss this. The family, what did you think of her family? They, they seem kind of. I feel like the, the parents weren't given enough screen time for me to really make a appropriate judgment. I would probably be kind of freaked out too. Only because, like, I just got my daughter back. She's an ex-con. She's just tried to kill herself, and now she's trying to go to space. You know, like, I know I don't have yeah. kids, but I feel like I'd be kind of concerned. Because <laughs> um, clearly she kind of has a death wish at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Um, but there's not really... I. Her brother's a younger brother. As someone who has four brothers, he's average, averagely portrayed as a sibling. Um I think the, the actor played a brother was really familiar. I cannot play Fred. Yeah. Well. He's been in a lot of stuff. So he was in uh, Gotham. He was in Gotham and he played, he played. Uh, penguin uh, or something. Penguin. Yeah, yeah. He was Penguin in Gotham. He's been in a couple other things. Uh, he was in this movie Accepted. I don't know if you've ever seen that. I've not. Yeah. Not a good movie, but, um, <laughs> um, but yeah, he, it, it's, it's a weird Justin Long comedy where they like, like he, he creates a fake um, university so he can say he got into a uh, college. And so, yeah, this, the guy who plays a brother plays this really creepy kid. And that. <laughs> and he looks, I mean, if you play Penguin, he's good at playing yeah. characters. Yeah. He's like, he's like, like creepy is like his thing. Um, so yeah, that's probably, you probably know him from Gotham. Um, and I definitely like, I had the same feeling. Like I know this guy, I know I've seen this guy before. He's got one of those faces. Yeah. So, yeah, I felt like the family, there wasn't a lot built there. Not really. There wasn't enough time. And it's not really about the yeah. family. It's about her anyway, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's about her and it's about John and their relationship and her, you know, um, I guess. And there's there's all this kind of interesting themes like, you know, like, I guess one thing I want to talk, us to talk about at the end is like what the sci-fi premise brings to this kind of grounded story and like why they chose to, to use this element. Like why use sci-fi to tell the story? What, what does it bring to it? Right. Um, so yeah. So, uh, so Rhoda wins the thing. And so she tells John like, Hey, I want, I'm going to go, you know, to earth too. And he's like, Oh great. Let's celebrate. You know, I mean, and then, you know, he makes dinner for her and then he's like, you know, I really, I really don't think you should go blah, blah, blah. And then she finally has the courage to tell him like, Hey, you know, <clears throat> I'm the one that, that did it. I'm the one that killed your family in the accident. And he just freaks out on her basically. And he tells her to leave. So yeah, that didn't go well. No, I think she was kind of, I mean, she was hopeful. Whenever we have mm -hmm. to tell bad news to someone we care about, we're always hopeful that they're not going to freak out, but there's always that it's a 50, 50. Yeah, it's a 50-50. Exactly. This one didn't go well, but, you know, um, I feel like that's 
that's a big moment for her character because that's the thing she's not able to do. And then the next thing is like, now that she has that courage, can she like try to do the right thing by him? Okay. Um, and so, yeah, then later, I think there's another scene where, um, like the thing you were talking about, the synchronicity, mm-hmm. the scientist talks about, yeah, Earth 2 is a mirror of our Earth. Um, but the synchronicity was interrupted when the planets saw each other. Yeah. And so Rhoda realizes like, oh, the moment when we saw each other was when the accident happened. And so maybe there's a chance that, like you were saying, something different happened on their Earth. Yeah. So she she goes to his house and she like basically tells him, you know, there's a, there's a chance that your family's out there. And she like leaves him the ticket. And we see that he, he, he takes it and he does the training to go into space and he, you know, goes off into space. And then at the very end of the movie, this is really interesting. Um, you know, Rhoda sees them go off, she's at home and then she sees another version of herself. Yeah. Like waiting at her house, (laughs) waiting at her house. And that was it. That was the end of the movie. And so what's up to your own interpretation, whatever it is. They yeah. About. So, okay. So what do you think that ending was supposed to mean? What, what's your, what's your interpretation, I guess? Well, I mean, first, I think it's, I, I like that she, oh, bless you dog. Sorry, my dog. <laughs> yeah. um, I like that John ends up going because in terms of who has less on earth one, he's definitely one who has less because she still has a family mm-hmm. and, there might still be more opportunity for her to continue her life and reset it. Um, I get the feeling that her alternate, the alternate Rhoda definitely made it. There's definitely hope that her life went in a very different direction, that maybe the accident didn't happen only because Mm. of the clothing choices. Mm. Um, You know, like earth one Rhoda is, always wearing this one jumpsuit that she cleans in throughout the whole movie. And Earth 2 Rhoda is wearing a very nice long winter jacket. Her hair isn't disheveled. She looks very well put together. So I think she probably ends up going to MIT on Earth 2. I don't know, though, but like using a sci-fi story with the backdrop of, well, actually, the the backdrop is the sci-fi story. It's more about the humans Mm. and how we're going to process it is the world keeps spinning regardless you know we still keep living our lives bad things still happen good things still happen um even if another earth suddenly appears (laughs) because you know even with the pandemic going on people are still adapting and trying to live their life as they can um Mm -hmm. which might have been actually a really good movie for us to watch during this time (laughs) Um, yeah that's true that's just my take on it a little bit um but how do you feel about it yeah i think i think that you bring up some good points about uh how she's probably different so i mean you know i guess i guess you know because like the first thing that i thought was that you know why would the other version of her leave so i almost i almost took it as a negative i would say i would say that it, it means that there was a version of her who left and so that means that John is kind of doomed. He's going to go there and it's not going to be a good outcome for him. That was my first thought. 
<clears throat> because yeah, I don't, I'm not sure why her other self would want to leave because it had to be this traumatic thing. At least that's what I came to my mind. Um, but yeah, I think, I think you bring up some good points that she, she does look different. This other version of her looks different, looks more like, like her life was better. And so, you know, another way you could interpret that is that that means that maybe the accident didn't happen on the other earth or maybe, um, she like missed them or something, something didn't, something bad didn't happen. And if that was the case, I, th I would think John would still be kind of screwed, right? Because yeah, if, if, yeah, go ahead. I was just gonna say like, cause if he's dead there, then his wife and son are alive there. But if he mm -hmm. isn't dead there and everything's fine, he's gonna get there and be super disappointed no matter what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a really interesting ending because it's centered on her, but I don't know if it resolves the internal conflict that her character on Earth One had because she's trying to make good of this thing that, that she did, but maybe it's just not possible. I mean, that is very yeah. true. Sometimes we just can't make certain things better no matter how hard we try. Um, it is possible that on Earth 2, she went to MIT and it was nothing like she wanted it to mm -hmm. be. Maybe she was involved mm -hmm. in, the, in Earth 2's version of a space program coming to them, you know. But throughout the whole thing, there's that scientist's monologue in the background where he's talking about, like, what would you do? What would you say if you did meet your other self? Yeah. Maybe it's just curiosity. Maybe she's just like, well, I wanted to go to MIT and it seemed really great. But that's the nice thing about the ending is that we're we're here talking about, well, what are the implications of it? Why did, you know, yeah. Earth 2 Rhoda come here if everything is fine? Maybe, you know, because the thing is, she was so excited about going to MIT at the beginning. She got accepted mm -hmm, at 17. Mm -hmm. It's this huge thing. Yep. She went out partying. She was reckless. Maybe she took the safe route and it wasn't that great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe that left a void for her too. And like, maybe... There's so many things, right? Like maybe maybe school for her was like prison. Exactly. Right? Because like, yeah, they both spent four years somewhere else. And, you know, maybe for her the MIT just it didn't it didn't do anything for her. And she's also still aimless. Yeah. Um and oh yeah, maybe this other version of her like getting away was like, oh, that's gonna fix my problem. Yeah. Getting and to Earth One will fix my problem. Yeah. Because the four years on Earth One, she was, you know, she didn't see her family. I mean, I assume they probably came and visited, but her brother has that one line of, if you go to Earth Two, like, make sure you write this time. So I'm assuming she's yeah. ashamed to even keep in contact with her family. Mm -hmm. Maybe the same, something similar happened. You know, when you move away from family and friends, it gets harder and harder to maintain those relationships. Um, maybe something similar happened. She was hoping yeah. that their Rhoda didn't make the same mistakes. I think they're both, whatever they ended up talking about um, was probably a shock to both of them. Yeah. Yeah, totally. It's, and you know, I guess that kind of runs into the theme of this film um, because, you know, the synchronicity of these things. So, you know, what we're just talking about, these two versions of herself could have lived completely different lives, but the core issues that they have to resolve are the same. So even if Rhoda didn't, you know, get into this accident and ruin this guy's life, she would still have that void even if she went to college. Mm 
Mm-hmm. And maybe the college was just like a prison for her. Um, yeah. It's really interesting. Really interesting film, I think. What would you ask your other self if you met, if there was another Earth 2 and you had the opportunity to meet your other self, what would you ask? I think that I would probably, there's, I would want to see if there were certain moments in my life that maybe I made a different decision that put me on a different path, maybe. Cause you know, like in life, like there's, there's these moments that you kind of realize are kind of important Yeah. where it's like a turning point and where, you know, you, you, if you go one way or the other, something else could happen maybe. And so that, that's where I would, that's probably the conversation I'd want to have. Like, oh, like when you went to college, did this happen too? Did you do this? Did you meet this person? Did you talk to this person? Did you, you know, yeah. And you go left and you should have gone right. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, it, it's, yeah, it's kind of interesting in life, like how you realize the sum of what you've done mm. uh, has an effect on you. Like, and the effect it has on everyone else, too. Like, that's why there's so many movies about, like, you know, it was like four different storylines going on, and it's all mm-hmm. actually connected to one. Like, Crash. I know a yeah. lot of people have mixed feelings about that movie, but that's one of the reasons why I like it is the connection between everything. Um, I once broke down on the side of the road in a town almost an hour away from where I worked with a certain coworker. I broke down, this woman pulled over, helped us to help my friend and I to a gas station. And then I posted something about it on Facebook. I was like, this woman, I, I didn't get her last name, but she was super nice and helpful. Turns out one of my coworkers is best friends with that one random stranger who mm. pulled off to the side of the road and helped me. Yeah. And it blew my mind. I could, I just, I couldn't believe it. The, yeah. <clears throat> that it like I'm I'm all this time and miles away from where I started and yet I'm still connected in some way. Yeah, yeah. That I mean definitely there's 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 you know like the 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 thread of human connection is really kind of deep. And you know like you, you'd be yeah, you'd be surprised like how how far out human beings can stretch. Like you could probably like what's the 8 degrees of separation kind of thing? Yeah. You could probably find just about anyone eight degrees from yourself, which is crazy if you think about it. It is. It's really weird. <laughs> okay. It. Yeah, I think. Um, I think we. So, how what were your feelings about the film? Would you say it was positive, negative? What would you say? I think the overall message was trying to be positive, but again, if you really think about it too long, John screwed and <laughs> yeah, John still, screwed. <laughs> she's less aimless, however, because we're supposed to care about Rhoda. Um, yeah. she's less aimless by the end of it because I think she can sleep a little bit better at night knowing she at yeah. least tried her best to atone for what she did for something yeah. that is he described as unforgivable which in my opinion it is um, yeah. <laughs> and yeah I think she's a little bit better off at the end of the movie than she was when she started but I liked it um, it wasn't my favorite um, but I like I, I liked the the human element of it because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that's not that's not an easy thing that any of us i think ever want to be involved in yeah no it's it's rough it can be rough uh so yeah so what would you give this for a rating um probably a 6.5 yeah, yeah close to a seven like you know meeting in the middle a little bit 
Yeah, I would say I'll give this an eight. It really kind of worked for me. Um, I like these kind of films. It, it reminded me, have you ever seen the movie Primer? I don't know, I have not. Yeah, there, there's, there was this kind of movement of films. Um, Primer's like, Primer's from like 2004, so that was, I think, so it was like kind of predates it. But there was this like really scaled down, low key, you know, a lot of like handheld camera, very simple plot, um, character driven stuff. And this really, for me, fits in with that movement. And I, I really appreciate what they tried to do. Oh, yeah. Um, so like, yeah, for me, I'd say this, this film works. I think, I think it's really kind of, um, thought provoking too. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely made me think about different things too. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, it definitely like, I thought about it after the ending. I was like, Whoa, what does this mean? What is, what does it mean in the, in the film? What does it mean like beyond the film? Yeah. No, I just I I liked that they didn't get too bogged down with the sciency stuff of, of it too. Like, yeah. what are the scientific, you know, ramifications of another Earth in our atmosphere sharing our moon now? Is that what what's going to affect all of that stuff? Because yeah, it because our characters aren't scientists and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. They're average normal people. They're not going to be yeah. thinking about these things, um, especially since. Yeah we're still human and still get wrapped up in our own lives, especially when there are really important high mm -hmm. stakes going on as well. Um, I liked a lot of the, I liked her parents like binging on like the TV mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Um, or like the guy in the side of the road who was just like, the end is near or whatever. Yeah. The Rorschach guy. Yeah. <laughs> There's always a Rorschach guy in all well, these. <laughs> there has to be. It's because there would be. <laughs> yeah, there would be hundred percent. Um, yeah, and, and I, I definitely like that you brought up that this, it's not like, it's not trying to be a hard sci-fi film, right? Because when, when another planet, like, and I, like, I don't know, just like the super nerd in me, I was like, okay, so here's the thing. So if, if there's a planet earth and it was as far as it was there, you could do a scientific equation. Okay. If it, if it appears this big, it means, it's, yeah, sure. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry, go back. Sorry, what were you saying? Yeah. So if if we saw Earth, another Earth like ours that was that big, um, you you'd be able to do the science on okay, how how far does that mean that that Earth is from our Earth, and that would have a gravitational effect, and it would probably change our like how how our Earth spins around the Sun, which could change everything. It might even change like the number of hours in the day. Blah, blah blah but like that's like a whole nother thing right there was people off camera do worrying about that yeah <laughs> like, that's, that's pretty close like that's closer than the moon right now yeah and, uh, yeah the moon's already is already far away but it looks very close you know yeah but like this is pretty close to us like yeah i kept wondering like are they gonna crash into each other at some point like because it keeps getting closer yeah um, yeah it does it does <clears throat> it's like gonna merge yeah exactly but yeah, I'm glad they didn't get like, because start, once you start getting, I feel like you can write yourself into a corner very easily mm -hmm. with stuff like that. And it just stayed focused on the characters we're meant to care about. And I appreciate mm -hmm. that about it. 
Yeah, I felt like this film thematically, what it was trying to use the sci-fi element to do is like talk about how can we get away from those moments in our life that are, you know, where something happens that we feel like is out of our control and it really powerfully negatively or positively affects us. Yeah, because we have like, hope that we can, but it's not like you can erase your memory and restart or anything like that. You have to kind of restart in the best, you have to restart with the lessons you learned from all of those experiences. Yeah. Which makes you a whole new person entirely. Oh. <laughs> yeah, interesting stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah, um, really cool film, Another Earth. Um, all right, so now we're gonna talk about Star Trek. It's the first time we talked about Star Trek together. So this will be exciting. So it's been a lot of stuff happening with um, Star Trek movies. So Paramount, like they, they hired a new, uh, a new head of the studio or the Paramount group, whatever they want to call it. Her name's Emma Watts. Not Hermione. So yeah, it would be funny if it was. So um there was some articles came out recently, so basically she was saying, Oh, we need to figure out what to do with the Star Trek movies. Um <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> so it first of yeah. Um, so, okay. So one of the newest ideas that had come out was this guy, Noah Hawley. So he was like, he was a writer for the TV show Fargo on FX. He was a writer for the TV show Legion, which is also on FX. And he was commissioned to write a script and direct a film. Um, but the turnover seems to have kind of put that on pause. So did you have any feelings about uh, the potential of like a Noah Hawley helmed film? Um, I was more excited about Noah Hawley than I was Quentin Tarantino. Um, yeah. And that's me saying I, I love Quentin Tarantino's movies. Um, I think there's only two I haven't seen and they're his more recent films. Mm. And I, I couldn't understand where mostly because I couldn't understand like what he wanted to do with it. First it was yesterday's mm -hmm. enterprise. Then he said something about a gangster themed Star Trek movie, which is fine. They've got, they've done that before mm -hmm. with the holodeck and stuff like that, or just going to other worlds that have a 1930s theme to it. Mm -hmm. um, I kind of just feel like he was stonewalling them, honestly, because he said it once in a podcast and then it kind of grew out of control. That's just me speculating. Um, not that it probably wouldn't be any good, um, but I'm, I'm, I just, that's one of the reasons why I really liked the Orville is because it's kind of moving away from the darkness and we're getting a little bit more light. Yeah. And if the Orville has its dark moments and silliness, it's a little more lighthearted. Um, but I was more excited about the Noah Hawley one just because I, I really enjoy his dialogue and I really, mm. I think he's a really good writer and I think. <clears throat> I liked, this might sound bad, but I only watched the first season of Legion and the first season of Fargo, but I enjoyed mm -hmm. both of them because they're very different from one another. But they have, yeah. some, he brings that quirky, weird character dialogue that I think would work really well in a Star Trek film because um, it would be very different. And I don't mind people doing different things with Star Trek, which is mm -hmm. why 
you know, some people hate me, I guess. Because <laughs> if I would like to take my shot at Star Trek, I think everybody should have their opportunity to do that in whatever mm-hmm. weird way they want. Um, but yeah, I, I'd like a Noah Hawley thing. That'd be good. Wouldn't mind. Yeah. Legion, Legion's an interesting show. It reminds me a bit of, um, oh, was that like Twin Peaks kind of stuff? Yeah, like, I really liked the first season. I've always meant to go back and finish watching it. Mm-hmm. I really have no excuse not to. It's just getting further down the list. But yeah, I loved that it was, I just loved how weird it was. It was the most mm-hmm. un-superhero weird thing I've ever seen. In. Yeah, it really stretched the genre. Like, mm-hmm. if 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 you could have Marvel films and Legion in the same genre, like, you're going somewhere. Um, yeah, so so then there was also another idea that was floated. Um, so they wanted to have a film where um, the Kelvin uh, James Kirk meets his dad, George Kirk, who's so it'd be Chris Pine and Chris Hemsworth. They wanted to do like a time travel film. And basically Paramount wanted both of them to take a pay cut and they were like, screw you. Yeah. That was kind of the end of that. So what did you think of that story idea? <clears throat> The, the Chris team-up movie. I mean, not that I wouldn't love to see them both on camera together. I think it'd be yeah. fun, but, like, I just... <clears throat> I, I don't know why they keep trying to overcomplicate Star Trek. It's not that complicated yeah. of a of a franchise that people keep... I just... I don't think I would have liked it, personally. But I also adamantly said I would never watch Star Trek Beyond and I loved Beyond. So I'm yeah, yeah. willing to be wrong. I can mm-hmm. I just don't it seems like they they'd be overcomplicating it and you already have a split universe and now you're gonna add time travel into the myth mix. It just seems it seems like it would have been a little much personally. Yeah. I mean to be fair, Star Trek not not one to stay away from time travel. No, but it's that's kind of why people are kind of grown about it now though is because yeah. like, they always kind of well we'll just use time travel we'll just yeah. we'll just you know slingshot around the sun mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah it's like in case of plot problem break time travel box yeah exactly we'll just crack that open and it's just like it's like that really good card and um, cards against humanity or whatever that you keep playing over and over and over again. Oh yeah. The Hitler card always wins. Just, yeah. Just to win. Um, and then after a while, everyone's kind of like, you're really going to use that card again. Nobody else has had a turn. Basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and I love time travel. I, I love it, mm-hmm. but I it, it is some originality in there as well. It's like, it's very hard to thread because when it works like Terminator, Terminator two, that stuff, it's great. Um, Endgame, they went there. Um, it, you know, it, but, but it, it's, it's kind of like it can solve any problem, right? And so, but that creates its own problem because now the stakes are lower. And so it's kind of hard to keep the stakes, but also fix the problems or whatever. Yeah. So you have to add, like, like for the, DeLorean, you know, you needed plutonium. Otherwise, it's going to break down yeah. and not work. And when it stops working, we have to figure out a new way to go back to 1984 or wherever, whenever year it was. Yeah. Um, so you have to have, you can't have a perfect time machine, basically. And there has to be a flaw because you need someone to be trapped. You mm-hmm. need someone to make a sacrifice. 
And now I'm just describing Endgame because I feel like they did it right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it well, perfect. It was completely unstable. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Endgame definitely they hit on some. Well, I feel I feel like Endgame it's a little it's a little hit and miss. I think the time tra- I think they did a few things well with the time travel. It was a bit predictable where it's like, well, they're going to go back in time and get the stones and fix everything and then have a final battle. Um, what, I, what I really liked about the way they did it in Endgame was like they, they, they messed up the timeline. Like when they go to 2012 and then Loki steals the space stone. They completely screwed that up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was good. That was like... That was like a really smart choice for them to make because for a number of reasons. Number one, it, it now you can get Loki back and people like Loki, so it saved your character who you killed. But also again, that kind of you know, that was like a big deal in Infinity War. Like the the thing opens and it's just like murder, 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 blow up your planet, blow up this, blow up. and it's like, oh by the way, none of that happened anymore. Okay. Um so we got rid of Heimdall because we don't want that actor anymore, but the actor we do want, we're gonna bring him back. Uh-huh. So, you know, again, it's like, how can we have stakes and keep it? But yeah, I like that they, they screwed up the timeline. And so then they had to go back even further, which was an excuse for us to get this character moment between the two Starks, the dad and the son. Exactly. Um, so that's cool stuff. And yeah, you can have time travel where that works, but you can also have time travel where you, you know, I don't know. It just, it just feels stupid or whatever. You just don't like it. Um, yeah, so the yeah, so yeah, a lot's been talked about like this Quentin Tarantino film, like there's a lot of there's a lot of fun quotes, like I, I was reading this one, so so when asked if Star Trek would be uh, heavy in expletives, <laughs> Tarantino said, Oh yeah, it's gonna be an R rated movie. If I do it, it'll be R rated. Um and Carl Urban said, um uh, I know a little bit about it and it's bananas. <laughs> But he did say, like, you, sh- you shouldn't worry that it is going to be full of uh, obscenity and stuff. Um, so he's, he was saying this at, like, a, uh, it's like a Star Trek convention. And um, so Tarantino wants an R-, an R rating to really make those beasts of, of consequence land. Um, and he was saying, like, the, for an example, like, if, if we see the ship get hit and some people get sucked down into space, you might see them get disemboweled first. So that's, like, what the difference would be. Um, and then the last thing he said was, uh, you know, it would be a dream come true to work with Tarantino on a film. He's definitely an art tour, whether you like his films or not, he's a good filmmaker and he makes interesting stuff. So to me, that is when you get the best results. So, yeah. So what do you think about his, I guess, the things he has to say about the Quentin Tarantino, the potential Quentin Tarantino film? Well, it would definitely be gory. I mean, it would definitely show like the ramifications if you get slammed into a bulkhead and you're gonna probably explode if you're going like that. Like we just yeah. see people get like oh, they're out into space and mm-hmm. they freeze and all that other stuff happens to them. Yeah. Um, I think it would probably show the violence of something of, of things a little bit more. Um, because whenever we do see a shot like that, generally it's from far away. So you can see mm-hmm. the scope of how small we are compared to like how big the ship is and then the vastness mm-hmm. of space. And you're just one tiny little bi- piece yeah. of biomatter that's just getting flung out there basically. So I think he would probably show them the, the terror and the violence of space a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I'm, I'm still on the fence about it, though. Yeah. I'm sure if I was an actor, working with Quentin Tarantino would be a dream come true as well. Yeah. But I'm just a consumer, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so Simon Pegg, so he, this is what he had to say about the Quentin Tarantino film. And he said, uh, everyone sort of assumes it's going to be like Pulp Fiction in space, but I think uh, his devotion to Trek and his understanding of it, it won't be ordinary. It'll have uh, him all over it, but it won't be anything a Star Trek fan will have to worry about. He has an acute understanding of the story and he never do anything to tear it down. So I feel like Simon Pegg is always like, he's always trying to like, um, he's like the PR guy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He's, I think it's just because he is a, he is a genuine fan too. I mean, he's yeah. been through this of um, taking a script, like, cause from what I've understand, Beyond was a mess to get through. Like it went through mm. various different people writing it, rewriting it, somebody got fired. So I think he are, he knows what it's like to go through the ringer with something like this and have the expectations of not only fans but what a studio wants as well. So I think he tries to get tries to give everyone the benefit of of the doubt, especially if they're also a writer because he's he's yeah. an actor as well as a writer. Um, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it, it just seems like he's always like, oh, hey, fans, we're gonna try and do you do you justice because I'm a fan too and I understand how you feel. Exactly. Um, you don't want to let anybody down, especially yeah. when you're part of that fandom. Just because he's a celebrity mm -hmm. doesn't mean he's not a fan of what he's mm -hmm. doing and creating. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. I, I suspect that the Quentin Tarantino thing will happen at some point in the future. I don't know. I don't think it'll be the next thing, but I think it'll happen at some point in the future. And you know what? I will watch it. That's the thing. I, yeah. I will, I've, I've been trying much harder in my old age to not prejudge things as harshly as I have in the past because mm -hmm. I did it with Beyond and that was a huge learning experience. Um, so I'm trying very hard to just keep an open mind mm -hmm. and because even if it's bad, I'll watch it. I don't care. Mm -hmm. Like, I have mixed feelings about Into Darkness, and I still watch that. I'm like, yeah, it's a good action yeah. movie. That's a, that's yeah. And that's another thing is that if it's not an action movie, I will enjoy it even more. Because yeah. that's something that I will say about Quentin Tarantino is that I don't think he'll make it an action movie. He won't. Yeah, for sure. It'll be like it'll be like maybe more bloody and gory and more. I don't know. There'll be some fun, crazy dialogue. Um, the dialogue part will probably be the best, the most fun thing about it. Oh, yeah, because he's, he's a master wordsmith, yeah. and he can get yeah. actors to deliver lines that are just iconic and in so many different ways. That's why we we remember Pulp Fiction, because it's a good movie, but there's, like... Yeah, there's so many... Like, the All the dialogue between John Travolta mm -hmm. and Samuel L. Jackson is just so on point, and it feels natural, and he's able to pull yeah. performances that make the dialogue real. Like they're having mm -hmm. a real conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Um, so yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. Uh, we're we're probably a ways off from getting another film. Oh yeah. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so so now we're going to transition into talking about what we if if so if Emma Watt says okay, Fair Hazard, you are now in charge of making the next movie. And we have an endless supply of money. <laughs> yeah, five hundred million dollars. So. Um. Yeah, so what would be what would you do with Star Trek if you could? <laughs> like are we just doing the cast right now or Sure, yeah, yeah. If you want if you want to if you want to do story, if you want to do cast. Um okay. I have both, but like, you know, you can just do a cast if you want. 
Okay, I'll start with the cast, and I'll move on to what I think Star Trek mm-hmm. Picard should have been. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is just the original TOS cast, and this was incredible. This very hard for me to do. Um, so for Kirk, I wrote either Chris Pratt or Ryan Reynolds. And Ryan Reynolds, I know, is a little bit out of the box. He does not look like William Shatner, but I'm fine with that. I think we need to mm-hmm. stop casting based on looks and start mm-hmm. casting based on acting ability. Um, I think Chris Pratt would bring the sarcastic swagger that Kirk naturally has. But I feel like Ryan Reynolds would be able to have that as well as better leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, those are just the two that popped out of me. If I was like, if I had to cast Kirk and I had like two phone calls that I could only make, it would probably be those mm-hmm. two, one of those two. Cool. Um, okay. Yeah. Do you want yeah, to go ahead? Okay, okay. I wasn't sure if we were going to. Yeah, you go can. Back. You can. You can give your whole. You can give your whole crew. Okay. And your whole thing, and then I'll like give my whole crew list. Um, and my idea. Okay. Um, Spock, and he's a little older, but that's fine because I would like to see an older TOS cast if they were going to do another film. Um, Josh Hartnett. I think Josh Hartnett would be a great Spock. Um, I think he doesn't, he has the, um, I think he has the acting chops more now than he would have in his earlier career. I think he's become a much better actor. Um, I love him in Penny Dreadful, and he's got such a good edge in that show that I think he could really bring a conflict of his humanity and his Vulcan side really close together. Um, We have to cast an older actor as McCoy because he is the oldest character in the show. Um, Josh Brolin as McCoy. Oh yeah. I like Uh, that. I really like that. He's got, he can be clean cut, but have that grizzled. Mm -hmm. um, I think McCoy is supposed to be from Georgia. I'm pretty sure. Um, but don't quote me on that. Um, but he can give that little kind of, you know, that aged wisdom, you know, Mm -hmm. he's the heart of the, of the three of them. Um, I couldn't recast Sulu. I love John Cho as as Sulu. I really, really do. I really, when he sits in that chair in Star Trek Beyond, I'm like, that's my Sulu. Yeah. I love when Sulu is in command in any capacity because I would Mm -hmm. watch a Sulu spinoff if if it was John Cho. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to lie. Um, always been a big fan of Sulu. Yeah, he's in command in, in Into Darkness, too. Yeah, that was a really fun moment. Yeah, oh, yeah, that, that is true. Um, Chekhov, it's an either-or, either Timothy Chalamet or Tom Holland, um, because he is, that's why they wrote Chekhov in, was because they wanted to bring in a younger audience, so I would like mm-hmm. to still see, like, that younger boy genius kind of a thing. So one of those two characters, one of those two actors thing would be good. Yeah. If you ta- if you cast Timothy Chalamet, I mean you're you're getting a a like he has his own like cult almost. Like I wouldn't call it that, but like it's it's a strong fandom. Let's put it that when, way. When the first picture of Paul Atreides from Dune came out, I was like, I thought this kid this is like his first thing. People know who he is. Like yeah. I, I had no idea. Um Yahura, mm-hmm. I would want again an older um, established actor, so I chose Carrie Washington. I think she can bring some real badass appeal to the character. Um, and then this is this is actually my wild card. Scotty would be Seth MacFarlane. <laughs> That's great. I already I like know that. he can do the accent, and mm-hmm. I already know he would be so good. I would love to see Seth MacFarlane as Scotty. I really do. 
Cool. Yeah. yeah, I like that. Those are my main cast members. I don't think I'm forgetting anyone. Um, I would also want to probably include Nurse Chapel in some way because I loved her dynamic with Spock. Um, mm -hmm. I'm still convinced he was always kind of in love with her, but that's just me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that is my TOS original cast. Um, cool. If I had, you know, if I could only call them, that's who that would be. Yeah. Nice. Um, did you have any idea for like what the what what you'd want to see happen plot wise with this cast? Um, if not, that's fine. Not necessarily. I do. I do like the idea of doing something with um, the city on the edge of forever, revisiting that mm -hmm. in some capacity. Um, but again, that's also time travel. But it's more yeah. of it's more of trying to discover what the beacon really was. You know, it's been mm -hmm. sitting there. The, the, the thing that finally transports them has been sitting there waiting for someone to ask it a question for like thousands of years. And it'd be interesting, at least for me, to find out a little bit more about that and like who made it, why did they make it? Have they had any impact on historical events, whether it be on, on earth or off world? Um, I feel like revisiting it would be a little interesting. Maybe something happens to the ship or something happens on earth and they need to go back. And they're like, well, remember that planet that we said we would never go back to? Um, We're going back. We got to go back. And I think it'd be just, and it's a, such a classic iconic episode too. So. Cool. Yeah. All right. Nice. Yeah. I like that. I like that cast. That's fun. Yeah, um, I, I did have fun doing it, but I was like, this is mm -hmm. so much pressure. Who would I, who can I do? I, I know. Yeah, no, I, I, I kind of leaned into to that. Um, okay, so so for my cast, so uh, what I would have, so the head nurse would be Dev Patel. <laughs> the the navigator would be uh, Asia Kate Dillon. I don't know if you know about this actor. I don't. Yeah, um, so she's like a non-binary person, so she doesn't like identify as either gender. She's she was in, I think it was. Oh, was she uh, in Billions? Or, sorry, they were in Billions. Yeah, yeah, yes, in Billions, I, and also like yeah. one of the John Wick movies. Yep, I I actually really like them. Yeah. Yeah, I think this actor would be perfect for a Star Trek film. Just yes. like, like, just yeah. <laughs> um, first that shit up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, for the helmsman, the helmsman would be there's this actor Christina Ra Rodlow, um, and so she's a like Hispanic actress. She's kind of probably like a lot of people don't know her yet, but she's been in some stuff. She's in a, a TV show I really liked called uh, um, Too Old to Die Young, and she's like a really badass like like she she calls herself like the Queen of Death or something like that in the show, and um, she just she'd just be like a really cool like i i think that she's someone like if you put her in a big thing she would blow up she could she could really like become a big well-known actor um so for me the communications officer would be uh mia wasikowska uh who was in um people know her from like the disney adaptation of uh yeah she's a great mm -hmm. she's a great actress she actually like I, I, um, I, I think that she, if people saw the things she did outside of like the big stuff, they'd have a different opinion of her. It's like, she's a really cool actress. She's a really good and, indie actress when she can just yeah. be in a serious like film. She's very, very good. 
Yeah, yeah. I really, I really like her, and I, I just felt like she belongs in this. Um, the chief engineer I would choose would be uh, Lakeith Stanfield, um, one of my favorite actors right now. Like he just, he's just been in a bunch of really good, good projects. And um, uh, yeah, I, he's he's never he's he's never really given a bad performance. I think. Um, so the chief medical officer, I would have Michael Pena. Um, so I think this would be kind of fun. Like I, um, you know, he, he's, he can do the comedy, but he can also be kind of serious. And he's just like, he's just like a fun actor. He's just really fun. So that would be like, you know, he, that we would get some comic relief from him. Yeah. Um, so the first officer would be, I would choose Donald Glover. Yes. Yeah. I think he would be great in a Star Trek movie, actually. (laughs) Yeah. Just in any capacity. Um, but yeah, I think as like a, you know, somewhere and someone high up would be really fun. So we could see his character a lot. Um, and the captain of my ship I would choose would be Aquafina. She would be the captain. <laughs> so, I oh, sorry, I don't know. Yeah, so she, she's an Asian American actress. Um, she was in, let me think. I don't know if you've seen it. There was like a Jumanji sequel to like the reboot. She was in that. Know. Yeah, she was in this movie, The Farewell. Um, yeah, but so she's just like a really big Asian American actress, pretty much. It's the simplest way I would put it. Um, so yeah, so that would be my crew. Um, the villain of this film would be another Starfleet officer who would be played by Christian Bale. And yeah, <laughs> and um, his first officer would be played by Ryan Gosling. So they would be like the villains of the film. And um, I would have Doug Jones would play a character who'd be like an alien in this movie. Um, and so the idea I had for like the story would be like, so the villain Christian Bale and his, his crew, they they start habitually breaking the um, the prime directive. And so something happened in his past where he feels like this is just totally wrong. And he convinces his crew that he's right. And they just go around just like basically breaking the prime directive a bunch of times. And now it's starting to, you know, the Starfleet's trying to figure out what to do about it. Like, are they going to arrest the guy? Are they going to confront him? Um, But they're also having to deal with the fact that, you know, all these new civilizations are coming into, um, uh, start they're coming in and and it's not all negative right and so there's a lot of there's a lot of good that has come of it but there is some conflict that has come of it and so they're they're having to think about how to confront this guy and then in the end you know our crew will confront his crew and they'll like you know a, a lot of it'll just be the whole film will tackle this philosophical argument of is it right or wrong to do this thing? And here's both sides of the argument. And in the end, you know, something will happen. <laughs> I think you need to put a, 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 a you need to copyright this idea. <laughs> you need well, to seriously yeah. consider that this is a very good idea. This is very good. I really like this idea because the prime directive is constantly, constantly being broken for, one reason or another and it's constantly putting captains at odds with admirals with starfleet with the federation it's not just earth that is implicated in it we have hundreds of other species that are also going to be implicated into it as well because like you said it's not always a bad is it a bad thing 
you know, yeah. shouldn't we involve ourselves if something terrible is going to happen to a planet? Because just because they haven't developed warp drive, will they ever develop warp drive? Um, I like that. I, I think that's a very, very good idea. Or yeah. would it be like a series or would it be like, did you say it was going to be a movie? It, this would be for a film. Yeah. this would be, it, it could be either way, right? I really um, like it. No, because that could be an ongoing thing. Like, yeah. Because you could set, if, let's say, for example, it was a show, you could set the whole, that's the whole first season is the setup. And then mm -hmm. following that is the ramifications of it. Um, are we opening our doors to the, but that just is so. There's so much, right? There's so much that it, that bleeds into real life. Are we opening our doors to the right people? You know, so yeah. often it's just like, are they the right people we want here? Mm -hmm. You know, when the Federation is, if you want to compare it to the United States, it's the dream is to be a part of something greater than yourself. Um, you just kind of blew my mind a little bit. That is, that is great. <laughs> no, that is, it really is. That's fantastic. I love that idea. It, it brings up the moral quandaries it brings up mm -hmm. conflict, right or wrong, because he's a your your Christian Bale character would be a villain. A but villain. A villain is yeah. right when they don't think they are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, especially when I was thinking like in his backstory, something like we would get into something happened where he he saw a planet. Um, so the thing that came to my mind was like seeing a civilization that's like they're humanoid. And imagine like seeing one race like enslaving another race or like putting them in concentration camps. And then like the Starfleet shows up and they kind of stop them and they save these people who are being persecuted. Um, and what that would make us feel about what the person did, like we would be in favor of it. And that would be like his motivation. So like maybe he, in the past he saw, he saw civilizations in, in his, travels as as being a captain he saw civilizations destroy themselves and harm themselves and for no for no reason that basically it wasn't their fault that that they couldn't get to you know like achieving warp like it's just they, they there are these things that happen and if someone intervened and helped them they would get to a better place they would actually would actually be doing more good by intervening than not Exactly. If someone had just given them an opportunity, if someone had just extended the hand, because as soon as you start realizing you're relating to the villain, there's that, that, yeah. there's that pull of sympathy that like, I, I feel like a, a villain has been written well when I feel that oh, mm -hmm. I feel a little bit bad for you, yeah. but you're so bad, you know, like, yeah, I, I like that about them because he's still, he's, he's trying to do the right thing. Wow. Yeah. He, he's doing the thing he thinks is right. And he thinks that they're wrong. I mean, you know, this happens all the time. And when there are these big, you know, um, bureaucratic or, uh, or organizations where there's conflict and people think like, oh, no, I, they, they, they don't know what the right thing to do. And they're stuck in their bureaucracy. That's why they can't do the right thing. So I'm just going to do it proactively myself. The results be damned. And they're going to be too busy writing, you know, writing me up to, to stop me. So he's Batman. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like that vigilante thing. That's why Batman. Yeah, it is vigilante. Like, nobody else is doing it. I'm just gonna do it myself. But that's the yeah. thing. But what I also like about that that I that is that some of my favorite episodes are centered around villains in Star Trek that are a part of Starfleet. 
sometimes yes. the institutions that are there to help you mm-hmm. don't actually have your best interest interests mm-hmm. at heart or what they believe is the, the best interest can have a really strong negative like impact. Um, the episode Offspring, when Data makes a child because he wants to experience fatherhood, Starfleet comes in, guns blazing, being like, you actually can't, and we're going to take her because she's the property of Starfleet. Oh, my God. It's such, it's one of my favorite episodes. Mm. Um, and, you know, Picard is reading Data the Riot Act, being like, Data, you can't just make a life form. And Data says, well, do you consult every member of the crew when they decide to procreate? <laughs> and Picard's just kind of like, oh, no. <laughs> I don't actually. That'd be pretty tyrannical if I did, wouldn't it? Yeah. Sometimes Starfleet's the enemy, and it's. Yep. You don't want it to be, but mm-hmm. that's so true of real life. Yeah, yeah. And I, yeah, I think that's a good thing to, you know, I think that they need to explore, like, you know, like I, what I would call like the Star Trek villain, someone that's not, they're not like muahaha evil and like trying to blow up the, the universe, but they're just like, they have a different set of opinions or there's a philosophical conflict. I feel like that, that's more like true to Star Trek than yeah. like, oh, this guy, you know, we're going to do this red herring where there's this white guy. Is he con? Is he not? I don't know. I was just going to say, it would have been a better movie if he hadn't been con, in my opinion. I don't, like, first of all, the race thing is completely inappropriate. (laughs) It's so wrong. Benedict Cumberbatch is great in that movie. He can't act poorly, but he is not. But he is so white. Yeah. (laughs) That's so true. At least Ricardo Montalbán was a man of color. I yeah, I get yeah. that it's still not okay that he's playing it, uh, an Indian character. Yeah. But at least they cast a man of color for God's sake. Yeah. And yeah. If he had just been John Harrison, this guy who had finally just snapped and wasn't happy yeah. with Starfleet, I feel like it would have been a little bit more interesting and not as laughed at at today. Even yeah. Or I can enjoy the movie, mm-hmm. but. Or even if he was a guy from the eugenics war, but he was like a, a Brit, a British guy, like and have to be con. like yeah, yeah. That wasn't my con. Hashtag not my con. <laughs> not my con. <laughs> not yeah, my con. yeah. I mean, so and that's kind of the problem is like they're they're like I I think you even said it in a video. They're trying to Star Wars Star Trek, and that doesn't work. That doesn't work. It's not what it is. It's. Stop. I made a whole video like three years ago about yeah. how I, I don't like J.J. Abrams. Everybody else loves him, and that's fine, I think. But he only did Star Trek to do Star Wars. It was like his, mm-hmm. it was like he needed one more thing on his resume. Shooting off point, yeah. Mm-hmm. He was already the, the, the brainchild of so many great directors. Why did you have to? As soon as I saw R2-T2 in Star Trek, I was like. Yeah. Yeah, there's. There's. There's, I feel like what JJ things start well and then they they quickly they quickly go the other way. <laughs> like it's because I don't think anyone wants to tell him no. Maybe you shouldn't do this. And the thing is, it's not that I don't appreciate what he did for Star Trek. He gave a whole new a whole, everyone who is eighteen or nineteen, like I was when Star mm-hmm. Trek two thousand nine came out, is now an avid fan. Yeah. Or you know the ones who wanted to see it, who saw it, and had never seen TOS before. So I appreciate that that he gave it its footing back, that he brought it back mm-hmm. to mainstream. 
but I don't I don't like what he what he did to it. I don't yeah. like Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean it, it's you know, he again, yeah, he he's his idea was to like to to Star Wars eyes the Star Trek and like it kind of it just it just petered away from like what what people really care about Star Trek for. It's 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 not it's not like giant space battles and and freaking I mean, although some of this stuff is cool, like it was fun oh, like in Star Trek. It's mm -hmm. it's definitely cool. It's definitely fun. It's great to look at the special effects, everything. Like, but it's not Star Trek. Yeah, I mean, I I love the scene where where in in O nine when they like they do that 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 space dive, yes. and then they they land on the thing, and then like Sulu's got the the sword and he's fighting. Like that stuff is yeah, that stuff is fun. It is fun. It is fun. Yeah. That's why it's so hard sometimes because I'm like, I like them. But I resent it a little bit. Like I just, I resent it just, a, just a little bit. And I think, um, yeah, I think stuff like that is fine. I think like doing the like Sulu and and Kirk or whatever fighting, because like you know, I, I mean, have have they ever really gotten into the fact that Sulu is like a swords like a swordsman? They did before? once. They did one, yeah. They did once in TOS, but he had his shirt yeah. off and he was going crazy. Yeah, he's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, he's like, yeah. I'll protect you, you're her, or whatever. And she's like, no, yeah. thank you. <laughs> yeah. Pretty great. Yeah, um, yeah. So that's cool. I mean, I thought, I think that's cool, but like, Into Darkness goes like to an 11, to an 11, and it's, it's too much. <laughs> it, it really is too much. And again, this has nothing to do with performance, it has nothing to do with acting or. I mean, it does have a little bit to do with casting. Um, yeah. And they ruined Carol Marcus. They ruined Carol Marcus. Like, she was just... <laughs> like, like Carol Marcus is such a great character in yeah. The Wrath of Khan, and she's such an important part of Kurt's past. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I just get so mad when I think about it. Like... I know, I know. And he's just like, he's just like, he's just like, ooh, wouldn't it be fun if I did this to this character, this this important character, just totally change them? It's, mm. And I'm pretty sure actually in TOS, they vaguely reference a Carol Marcus type character, but they don't ever actually say her by name. And in Wrath of Khan, they expanded on this one woman that Kirk almost left Starfleet for mm -hmm. um, yeah. because he knocked her up. <laughs> and, <laughs> And he chose Starfleet over he chose, the family. Yeah, he did. And that's a really important part of the yeah. character arc as a whole. Not just it's not just this throwaway, oh yeah, I got a girl pregnant and I took off or whatever. Like, no, like you got a girl pregnant and it's it's affected David's life, his son's life, and he finally has a chance to have a relationship with his son and it's the events of Search for Spock greatly affect how Kirk is for the rest of his life. And J.J. Abrams took all of that away and made me hate Kirk. I hate Kirk <laughs> he, he ruined James Tiberius Kirk. Yeah. He gave him everything. He never had to work on yeah. anything in those movies. And yeah. I'm actually shaking a little bit. I'm kind of This is I know. so bad that I'm getting this heated over it. I'm yeah, sorry. I know. I mean, I look. I, I feel you. I understand. Like, they're they're definitely, they're definitely. You know, like when you when you really just like live and breathe something, and then you just see like them flippantly, totally screwed up. You're like, okay, I, 
I am enraged. There was definitely a part of me. So like, you know, to go to get the Star Wars example, like, you know, that's been kind of beaten to death. But like, you know, when they when they some of the stuff that happens in The Last Jedi is kind of like, OK, I, I don't know if I can. <laughs> I don't know if I'm down with this anymore. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like that movie. I, I, didn't, I didn't like it. I've come to sort of forgive some of the things that happened, but there it there are just some things you're just like, okay, they really they really did that to this to this character that I loved, and now there's no going back. Like that's permanent. Yeah. That 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 change is permanent, and now it stained my feeling. So yeah. Sorry, I am listening. I just had to. And, yeah. No, it's all good. Yeah, um, sometimes there's things that are just like, you know what, you hurt me too much this one time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, okay, so those were our ideas for what they should do with Star Trek Four. Um, people, you know, let us know what, what they think of our ideas and maybe, you know, what your your fan casting would be for <laughs> the next yeah. Star Trek movie or whatever. <laughs> I love when people do their like mass Tumblr fan cast posts because sometimes yeah. they really blow my mind and I'm like, I never would have thought of that. And that and yeah. then you can only picture that. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I really enjoy fan casting. Sometimes it's a little like, no. Yeah, it's um, a little cringy or weird or whatever. It's a little cringy when you only cast One Direction people. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I like One Direction, by the way. I like uh -huh. really some of their songs. But, uh -huh. like, I've seen some mass Tumblr posters, like, and Kirk would be this person. I can't remember. Zane. I think that's Yeah, I yeah, yeah. Before, and I'm like, and this person, and that person. I'm like, they're just One Direction. Yeah, I mean. going to be, like, one of them, too? <laughs> Come on. Come on. Well, maybe Uhura is them, right? It's like it's like <laughs> they want to be Uhura in this scenario, and then One Direction is just the surrounding crew. <laughs> there's a, there's an episode of Star Trek animated series where Uhura actually has to take command of the ship because all the dudes are falling in love with these alien babes. Oh and God! Is like a love drunk, so she shoves yeah. them in the brig or something, and she's like, okay. I guess I'm the only adult on the yeah, show. Yeah, I'm in charge now. Yeah, fun stuff. Oh yeah. All right, cool. So that was our episode. That was a lot of fun. I guess now I have to write this fan fiction of <laughs> of my my Star Trek: The Prime Directive thing. Hey, <laughs> write the script. Have your title right there, the Prime Directive. Like, yeah. Yeah, maybe. I think. I think that the. So I think the ideal title would be. I have to do more research, but I'm sure there's like. Do, do they ever like put people on trial? Is there a trial um, uh, procedure? I want to say that Starfleet? there is um, probably some episodes surrounding that. Yeah. Um, I can't think of any off the top of my head, unfortunately. Um, but there's plenty of, of um, episodes that touch on it and go into it. There's actually a really great episode. I forget the name of it where Picard is seen as a god by um, oh, yeah. really primitive, I believe, mm -hmm. Romulans. And <clears throat> he has to deal with the ramifications of that. And I don't think he gets put on trial, but basically Starfleet tells him he has to fix it. <laughs> yeah. Like, you made this mess, clean it up. Yeah, he has to undo. Because uh, I feel like that's why I would want the the story to end is like, they, they finally capture them and then the guy surrenders. And then he's put on trial and then you know, there's, there's, that's, that's where the philosophical stuff would come into play. Yeah, and how would that affect society? 
because you mm -hmm. know if it was today that would be a split war twitter would be going crazy over something yeah. like that like everyone would be weighing in their opinions and maybe even some members of like your good crew start feeling the way he feels too which would add yeah. more conflict and more fuel to the fire yeah maybe they would agree with him right exactly because it's kind of um, hard not to when all he wants to do is save lives yeah exactly and and yeah and then like we would be able to bring in like the new uh races that were brought into this f by him and like they'd be like hey yeah so that saved our lives like our our society was crumbling and Aren't then off? yeah like like you know and yeah <laughs> so i i i i'm sure there's some term in starfleet for like when a captain goes rogue and they have to like arrest him like what the the name of that directive is that's what the name of the title should be i think star trek this person broke this law thing or something <laughs> category five section b yeah 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 all right well anyway thanks a lot everyone um this has been a lot of fun um and uh see you next time